The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, August 21st, 2023. The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holt, and I'm your host. With me at the board is my co-producer, my engineer, my webmaster, and loving partner, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Elaine. Oh, wow. I guess we survived the storm coming in from from uh, from uh, Southern California. My goodness, everybody was just scared to death and all this flooding and all these different things that are going on. It's What's amazing, though, to me is finally on the weather report, they're saying that this is a result of climate change. I mean, that's pretty, pretty uh, new uh, reporting, and I'm really happy to hear that. I mean, we got to start doing something. I mean, Hawaii. I mean, imagine Hawaii, Maui. Ken and I were on Maui. It's just so beautiful there to think that so much has been destroyed. And now in Southern California with all the floods, I mean, it's just, I mean, we have to face reality. It's very difficult. I know that. But reality is, is that we are having a lot of changes going on in our climate. And we have to really start taking a real hard look at it because it's very, very destructive, as we can see. Well, as you know, maybe you don't know, but on August 26th, it's uh, the celebration of Women's Equality Day. Uh, Women's Equality Day uh, is celebrated every August 26th. It co- uh, commemorates the passage of the women's suffrage in the U.S. and reminds of the hur- and reminds of of the hurdles overcome by the heroic women who face violence and discrimination to propel the women's movement forward and to get us the vote. <laughs> Amazing. And as part of this, what I have every year is I'm going to have a special guest joining me on the phone this morning is Molly Murphy McGregor, one of the co-founders and the director of the National Women's Alliance here in Sonoma County. We'll be talking about Women's Equality Day and what is happening with the Equal Rights Amendment. I mean, a lot of that conversation is going on. And, and a little reminder, you know, the uh, National Women's History Alliance, every year they, uh, during Women's History Month, which is in March, they, we do a theme. And this year's theme is, was, is celebrating women who tell our stories. And I know uh, Molly has a wonderful story to tell, and we're going to start talking about the Equal Rights Amendment, It'll give a little bit of history, and to find out exactly uh, where we are today. Well, I want to do a few uh, shout-outs. You know, Ken and I uh, attended a special gathering at the Central Library in Santa Rosa on slavery in Santa Rosa, the untold story. And it's really very interesting. It was uh, presented by the uh, NAACP, the Sonoma County uh, chapter here. And it it was a wonderful conversation with uh, Sonoma State history professor Amy uh, Kittle-Rom, a Ph.D., and her research fellows, Julia Chard and Jeremy Madreno uh, shared uh, what they found out about Sonoma County and about uh, slavery. And it turned out that the NAACP got a special grant 
So they were able to do all this, uh, provide all this information. And from what I understand, there's going to be a Zoom on YouTube, and it's called Slavery in Sonoma County, The Untold Story. And I'd really recommend that people tune in and, and listen or watch that. It's very very interesting when you start seeing the different history each county has, especially here, our county, and the way that the census lets us know information and the the way they list things. There's all kinds of different ways to find out whether a person is a slave or an indentured a servant or all kinds of different things were going on at that time. So I found it very very, very interesting. We'll put a link on the website. Oh, yeah. We'll put a link on www.womenspaces.com. And another thing that happened that I thought was really wonderful, on August 19th, uh, that was just this Saturday, there was a wonderful, wonderful, uh, the ERA, uh, the Time Is Now webinar that was put on by the uh, National Women's History Alliance here in Sonoma County, and they had several speakers, and that's also on going to be on YouTube. So it's called The Time Is now. And we had uh, Christine Pelosi, who's an attorney and author and public policy advocate. She spoke. She was the facilitator. Very, very interesting. We had Ting Ting Chang, uh, a uh, Asian American woman who talked a lot about some of the struggles that uh, Asian American women are going through. And we had Eleanor Schmiel, who's the president and CEO and the founder of the Feminist uh, Majority Foundation an amazing organization. And then Jacqueline Mulhoney, which I found very, very informative. She's a former U.S. representative for New York's 18th uh, Congressional District, and she really had a lot of insight into the Equal Rights Amendment and what's what's stalling it, what, what, need, what we need to do to move forward. And then uh, Zakia Thomas, who we were very, very lucky two weeks ago to have her on Women's Spaces. She's the president and CEO of the ERA Coalition and Fund for Women's Equality. And I'm really excited to announce that Sakia was just such a great guest. And I gave her a I gave her a call and I says, is there any chance, Sakia, that you could be on the National Organization for Women, the Sonoma County Chapter monthly meeting? And she agreed. So that's tonight. That's tonight, Monday, August 23rd, and that's from 6.30 to 8 p.m., and that's California time, and we're going to do a Zoom. And if you go to uh, nowsonoma.org, that's their website. you got all the codes and all the different ways to get into the Zoom. If you go to womenspaces.com, you also can find that information. So it's really going to be a wonderful, wonderful presentation. And like I said, it's presented by the Sonoma County Chapter, the National Organization for Women, and that's the Sonoma County Chapter. And, and you know, it's really interesting. The, just a little bit, the, the amendment states, uh, Section 1, equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States by any state on account of sex. Section 2, the Congress shall have the power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. Uh, Section 3, this amendment shall make effect two years after the date of ratification. (laughs) We've we've gotten all the states, but it's really interesting. It still has not been ratified. And what's so interesting to me is I never understand why it takes so much time when you're trying to get women... Equality in this world—it doesn't make—it doesn't make much uh, much sense to me. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> K 
can I have a frog in my throat? It's very, very interesting. Well, you know, we're going to have Molly on. And <clears throat> Molly is the CEO and one of the founders of the National Women's History Alliance. At one time, it was called the National Women's History Project. And it was founded in Santa Rosa, California by Molly Murphy McGregor, Mary Ruth Stoddard, Maria Cuevas, Paula Hammond, and Betty Morgan to broadcast women's historical achievements. The NWHP started by leading a coalition that successfully lobbied Congress to designate March as National Women's History Month, now celebrated across the land. And then we have, on August 26th, we celebrate... um, we celebrate uh, e- uh, Women's Equality Day, the day that the 19th Amendment actually passed. But so interesting, we still ha- do not have an Equal Rights Amendment, and I just find that very, very interesting, to be honest with you. Well, as we do every single Monday, and that is we talk about our history as our strength. And why do we, I say this all the time. Why is our history important? Because our history lets us know the past, lets us know what we did right, lets us know what we did wrong, lets us know what we can improve. And also gives us a sense of what, what went on behind the scenes when something takes place. I mean, it took over 100 years for women to finally get the vote. And it's been over 100 years that we've been trying to get the Equal Rights Amendment you know, into the Constitution. And it's just, it's amazing that it has taken so long and we're still struggling for it. But as you will hear from Molly and as you, if you can attend the seminar tonight, uh, the webinar tonight with the National Organization for Women, the Sonoma County chapter, where Zakia Thomas will, will talk about the ERA and what's going on, you get yourself updated and you'll also, women have got to understand that they have to get involved. They have to write their congressmen, their their senators, their local representatives and say, come on, get on board, get this thing passed already, put it on the Constitution and let's just move forward. And, you know, one of the, the curious questions I have, and I'm going to ask that to Molly, is what is it about that, uh, that, uh, 19, that uh, ERA amendment, the Equal Rights Amendment? What, is really, what does it really do? How does it how does it shape the future for women, especially many, uh, (laughs) many of the things that we've gained, we're losing, which is so interesting to me also. I mean, I never thought that Roe versus Wade might be shut down. I mean, that was never in my mind. For 50 years, we had the freedom of choice. You know, and I've said this over and over about choice. You know, I don't care, you know, what you do. It's not my business and it's none of your business what I do as long as you don't harm anybody. You know, and a woman has the right to choose. They have the right to choose to whether they want to have a child or not. I think that's a very, very important thing. I know for myself, I have one daughter. My daughter has two children, and now I have two great-grandchildren. And all these, all these children were choice. They all were wanted. They were all planned to bring into the world. And there's such a big difference when it's not planned. And all of a sudden, boom, you know, your life has just changed so dramatically. And you say, no, I just can't do this. And that's your business, not my business. So there's a lot to think about. So let's go ahead and talk about our history as our strength. I swear I get so taken off with this abortion thing. I just do not understand why there's such resistance to choice over your own body. You know, I realize people are, they're going to protect the fetus. For God's sake, let's protect the children that are alive. Let's stop all these wars. Let's start feeding everybody across the globe. You know, we're already overpopulated. And it's so important at this time in, in, in our history that women do have that choice. 
very important. Well, like I said, August 26, 1920, the 19th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution is ratified, granting women the right to vote. And to to recognize that when this – in 1920, when this was ratified, black women did not have the right to vote. You know, many women did not have the right to vote. The majority of Caucasian women didn't have the right to vote. But it was very, very important. That's why that Equal Rights Amendment is so important. Then also in August 26, 1970 – now, this is 1970 when we're, we're into the second wave of the women's movement. I moved up here uh, to go to Sonoma State in 1973, and it was such an eye-opener to be part of the women's space, excuse me, women's studies program. In fact, I want to do a shout-out to my wonderful director and teacher, Ann Neal. I ran into her when we were, we were at the NAACP event, and this woman had such an influence in my life. And we were studying about women's issues, and it was out of those classes, out of the class of 73, 74, and 75, that the Women's History uh, Project was actually born, where, where a group of, of women got together and they started having this vision. They wanted to have women written in history in a way that it in a way that was more powerful and more understood and more out there. I mean, there was very little history written about women. I remember basically what I knew is, okay, I knew about Amelia Earhart, (laughs) right? You know, I knew about Susan B. Anthony, but I never knew exactly what was going on. I never knew about Alice Paul or, or some of the other women that were really, really influential. So women's history is very important. And it's very interesting that August 26, 19, 1970, what, what is that, 1970, that's 50, uh, about 53 years ago, Betty Friedan leads a nationwide protest called the Women's Strike for Equality in New York City on the 50th anniversary of the women's suffrage. And what that strike was all about, to get the ERA into the, into the Constitution. Another thing that happened in August 26, 1971, uh, uh, the first Women's Equality Day Initiated uh, by uh, Representative Bella Abzug, established by presidential proclamation, and affirmed annually. Well, but it ne- still has not gone into the Constitution. So it's 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 been ratified on some levels, and that's what I'm going to have Molly explain so we can get a, a clearer picture. Well, here we have some interesting birthdays coming up. August 23rd, 1899. She made her transition in 1999. Oh, my gosh. She lived 100 years. Grace Chu, the cookbook author and teacher, immigrated from Shanghai in 1920 with a scholarship from Westerly College and taught Chinese cooking and wrote Madame Chu's Cooking School Cookbook in 1975, which was a big deal for Asian women to have – to get their recipes out there, their cookbook out there, and to let people know, hey, we exist as women. Very, very important. Well, another, here's some two birthdays that happened on August 26th, which is Women's Equality Day, August 26, 1908, and she made her transition in 1986, was Cynthia Weedle. She was the first woman elected president of the National Council of Churches, and she served from 1969 to 1972. She was also the president of the World Council of Churches from 1975 to 1983 and argued that women need to be treated as equals in the church. Well, isn't that interesting? Here we go. 19, what, when did she do this? Oh, goodness gracious. 
I mean, to think that she finally, someone was speaking out. This was in 1970, uh, 1969. Again, we're looking at the new wave of, of women's movement happening then. And here this woman is speaking out that women need to be equal in the church. And what's so interesting about that to me, when I think about it, we are the ones who bring forward the children. We were the ones who bring forward the future. Why is it so difficult for us to be acknowledged? I just do not understand that. And then last but not least, and this is so interesting to me, is that August 26, she was born in 1935, Geraldine Ferrero. She made her transition in 2011. She was the first woman to run for vice president in the United States on a major party ticket uh, and, and in the 1984 with Democratic candidate Walter Mondale, attorney, U.S. congressman, woman. She was a, a U.S. attorney. Uh, and a congresswoman from 1979 to 1985. Amazing woman, you know, the first woman to run for vice president. I remember that. I, I just thought it was just amazing. It was just amazing that we finally had a woman running for vice president, that, that were, there was some acknowledgement. Women are great leaders. You know, we know how to do it. You know, we have to raise the children. We know how to compromise. We know how to, we know how to tell people, go, you know, tell a little kid, go take a time out and all the different things that are involved in raising children. It's amazing. You can raise a country that way. You know, you don't, you don't think about it that way, but there's just rules and regulations and, and you have to be careful of this, be careful of that. I mean, just think about it when you think about it. It's so simple, yet it's so complicated. It's just so complicated. Anyway, we're going to take a musical break now. I'm really excited. And we're going to have uh, Molly McGregor, who is the uh, co- one of the co-founders and the director of the National Women's History Alliance. And we're going to talk about women's equality. And, you know, Women's Equality Day is on uh, August 26th. And by the way, uh, Ken and I are going to take off next week. And so, so I just thought that this would be a time to really celebrate women. And how can you not, how can you celebrate Women's Equality Day without celebrating the song I Am Woman sung by Helen Reddy, which became, became a theme for all of us. I remember singing it walking to class. I mean, even walking to class with Molly, we were, I remember one time a group of us were singing that. I, I don't know if she was part of the group, but I know there was a group of us singing it and it was just such an empowering feeling so let's go ahead ken let's play that song and then let's get molly mcgregor on the phone Cause it only serves to make me more determined to achieve 
song still gets me when I listen to it. And, you know, it says wisdom born out of pain. I was thinking about that. I was listening to it. What is the pain? Well, the pain is being written out of history, number one. And thanks to folks like Molly McGregor that we were able to get history back into our lives. But also the fact that we've been told to be quiet in the church, that we don't have a right to choice. All those things are very painful when you start thinking about it. But I love that song. And here it is going to be Women's Equality Day on August 26th. You cannot bring that day in without bringing that song in. Well, for you folks joining us, I want to remind my listeners that the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, and women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Joining me on the phone is Molly Murphy McGregor, one of the co-founders of the National Women's History Project, now called the National Women's History Alliance. Welcome, Molly. Welcome. You're becoming a regular every year. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Hey, Elaine, we used to end the the five real multi multi um media slideshow with that song you know with image after image coming up so uh, it just it just brought me back there because we we presented that slideshow all the way through throughout california and even in chicago but and it was one of the things that really told us that anytime people learned about women's history they felt inspired and, and energized and so when we went to take that petition to the Sonoma County Schools, we had all of that information behind us. So it, it just brought it all back. Thank you. I know. It's just such a wonderful song. You know, when you start, uh-huh. I remember I remember us walking to class one day, you know, uh, at Sonoma State talking about women in art. And I said, really, Molly, do women, are there are women artists? I mean, I just, <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was such an eye opener. Well, Molly, I know we know, but, know so little. Yeah, it was it was amazing to me, you know, and and all of a sudden to hear, you know, from J.J. Wilson and all the wonderful things that were happening about women in art, it was it was an amazing experience, and being able to stand up and have a voice. It was, mm-hmm. yeah. in fact, uh, we just went to the, uh, there was a an event at the uh, library on uh, slavery in Sonoma County, and I ran into Ann Neal, and we just hugged each other, and it was just, oh, such, wow. it was just huh. a, a wonderful feeling. She introduced me to her wife, you know, and I mean, Ann had such an influence on all of us. I mean, so a shout out yeah, to our okay. dear Ann Neal. Well, be, before uh-huh. we begin, can I tell folks just a little bit about you? Oh, sure. Okay, now, uh, Molly Murphy McGregor, besides being a wonderful woman, is the National Organiz- National Women's History Alliance Exec- Executive Director and Co-Founder and Chair of the NWHA Board of Directors. Molly is a former high school social studies teacher who has worked for over 35 years, actually now it's almost 43 years, in the field of gender equality, equality and women's history. Uh, McGregor conducts women's history workshops and women's historic uh, site tours throughout the country. She also works with the state and national uh, agencies on strategies to help acknowledge and recognize the historic contribution of women. Her work in the field of multicultural women's history has been widely recognized, including awards from the National Education Association, the U.S. Department of Education, and the National Association for Multicultural Education, and the Association for Gender 
equity leadership in education leadership. Molly is accessible via email nwhp1980 at gmail.com. What a resume. Anything you would like to add, my friend? No, I guess it says I'm a feminist. I'm a card-carrying feminist. Yay for me. Well, me too. I'm a card-carrying feminist. (laughs) My God, I mean, how long have we been talking about women's issues and women's studies and all, all the other things? Well, listen, you know, Molly, you know, we've had you on several times. We talk a lot about the Women's History Alliance. And for this program, because we're coming on to uh, Women's Equality Day and so much has happened. By the way, I I sat in on that webinar that you gave and it was Uh it was outstanding. It was incredible, wasn't it? It Yeah, Diana deserves a lot of credit for that. She organized the whole thing and brought it together. It was really quite good. It was, it was that not only was it well organized, which is so important, but each and every woman was so articulate. And I don't know if you know this, but tonight we're also, the National Women's Organization, the Sonoma County Chapter is going to have Zakia Thomas on. And we're going to be talking about the ERA. So very, very, what a combination of following uh, your event. But I, I was so impressed. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing that. So give us a little bit of history about Women's Equality Day. You know, why is it important? You know, what is what is it really going to bring us? And what do you, what do you believe the mission is? Well, I think at a time when our democracy is under siege, to say the least, um, and that people know so little about our Constitution and about um, how laws are made and how things are changed, it's all the more reason for us to revisit the three-decade uh, campaign, first of all, for women to gain the right to vote, and now we're on a 100-year campaign to get the ERA passed. So the reason it's so important is because um, especially I've met a lot of people who just always assumed that women had the right to vote. You know, uh, 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 I got a call from a man who was just really irate. He said, you know what, somebody just told me that, Women, um, did, women didn't have the right to vote until the Civil War. And I said, oh, sir, no, it was not the Civil War. It was 1920. And so we talked about that. We talked about the, you know, kind of unconscious misogyny that, that people make a different category for women. We're not as deserving because, um, because we can just take care of things. So that's why Women's Equality Day is so important. And it was the voice of one of the great feminists of all times, Bella Abzug, who made sure that Congress would recognize August 26th as Women's Equality Day, recognize the 72-year campaign that it took to win the vote, recognize the work of women and men alike to really bring women forward into our democracy. I mean, the, the 19th Amendment enfranchised over half our population. So it was a really important and really big deal. And when people celebrate the Fourth of July and stuff, that's good. I'm I'm glad they are they're they're celebrating a sense of independence. But they need to recognize how unindependent women were until at least we got to participate in our democracy by having the right to vote. And that happened on August twenty sixth, nineteen twenty. So that's why it's important and because Bella made that resolution in Congress, all of the government agencies every year support Women's Equality Day. Sometimes it happens more in terms of the government than even local um, celebrations, uh, women's celebrations. And uh, it was really having a a very powerful 
move forward. And then we were struck by that pandemic. So now in lots of ways, people are rebuilding. People scheduled incredible um, celebrations and events for the 100th anniversary that was in uh, 2020. And now they're regaining their strength and coming back. And I'm sure we're going to be having the parades and all of that that were planned for 2020, but people need to get their equilibrium. So that's why it's important. It's so important for our kids, for the boys and girls in our life to understand that nothing is given to you. You have to work for it. And when you work for it and are successful, it builds on the culture and society in which you live. So, yep, that's, that's, that's why Women's Equality Day is so important. And it's, it's such a celebration of people coming together and moving history forward. So what you're saying is in 1971, they authorized that on August 26th, it'll be Women's Equality Day. But at the same time, the Equal Rights Amendment has not put it, been put in the Constitution. Right. And what's very interesting is that Alice Paul introduced the Equal Rights Amendment just three years after women won the right to vote because she was convinced that the vote wouldn't be enough, that there were still too many levels of discrimination that women faced, you know, whether it was um, in divorce and marriage and credit in uh, custody of children, just the whole gamut of women's experience. And so in 1923, she introduced the Equal Rights Amendment, and it was very basic and very simple. It just said you cannot discriminate uh, against somebody because of their sex, which meant you couldn't discriminate against men as well as you couldn't discriminate against women. It was just like, I think it's 24 words or something. And the right wing somehow took that and um, distorted it to mean that somehow we were anti-male or Somehow uh, we wanted to turn everyone into men. Oh, you, you, you name it. And they had uh, a thing for it. One of the things they were concerned about was um, that all the bathrooms would be um, uh, men and women. Well, they are right about that one, and it had nothing to do with the Equal Rights Amendment. They also um, really played up their fear of women in the military, and we know that that ship has also sailed. So I don't know what their opposition to it now is other than uh, I know insurance companies have always um, – uh, lobbied against it. And I think it's because um, with the Equal Rights Amendment, women will have equal protection in terms of in- not being charged more for insurance. They can't be charged more for anything. And we always have been from, you know, from going to the dry cleaners to 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 everything. Uh, somehow women have had a different um, a different bill to pay, shall we say. So the Equal Rights Amendment deals with the myriad of women's experience, the myriad of people's experiences, you know, throughout throughout everything in terms of social, in terms of legal, um, in terms of all of it. You cannot discriminate on a basis of sex. Can you imagine how different our world will be once the Equal Rights Amendment is passed? Well, it actually has been passed. But once the Equal Rights Amendment has been recognized by Congress and sent on to the president. Well, you know, it's so interesting. As you were talking, it reminded me, you know, I'll be celebrating this month, actually. I celebrated 50 years when I moved up here to Sonoma County. Well, congratulations. What happened was my my sister moved up with me, and we were running around. You know, the the students were lining up in front of phone booths. You know, at that time, they had phone booths trying to find find housing. Well, we finally found on Alta Avenue here in Roner Park, we finally found this house, and we went in. And Mrs. Lang was the woman, and there were three people ahead of us and for some reason she came up to us and started talking to us and she looks at my sister and, and, and me and she says well do you got do you have a credit card and I thought 
what the heck is she talking about? A credit card. I didn't even know what it was. Well, my sister mm-hmm. whips out a credit card. And I, I looked at it. Oh, a credit card. And she that, that got us the rental of the house. And what I didn't realize was it wasn't until around 1970 or 71 that women even had the right to have a credit card without their husband's signature. And Actually, 74. I, I was 74. Was. Well, Can you believe some, that? Yeah. For some reason, my sister had this credit card. And I asked her, where did you get the credit card? Well, when she graduated San Francisco State with her teaching credential, Citibank sent out credit cards to all the graduates. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that was a, a phenomenal. A credit card, and here we are. Everything is credit cards now. Well, you know, uh, you know, the, the National Women's History Alliance put on this great seminar on uh, Saturday, August nineteenth. Talk, mm-hmm. talk about the importance of that seminar. What, why do you believe? You know, what, what is, what is the, the the kernel? What did you walk away after listening to all these women? What did you walk away with? Well, for me, uh, it was the young women who inspired me in, in ways I just, I wanted to cry. And I think it was because it reminded me of our, of our youth. And these women were so incredibly articulate, but so based in, um, the knowledge of the Constitution and so committed to move everybody forward. So I, I love the diversity of the panel that we had women from, different cultural backgrounds, certainly different age groups, all of them talking about the importance of us working together, all of them talking about how we needed to be able to talk with each other and, you know, listen to each other and explain um, the complexities of the Equal Rights Amendment. So that's what I came away with, this sense of unity and let's do it. You know, let's, let's take action. Let's not just talk about stuff, but let's contact our representatives and ask them, why they haven't um, ha- why they haven't recognized the ERA because the ERA went through two big hoops. One was finally passed Congress um, in I don't know what was it in, in the 1970s, and then went to the states to be ratified. And although the ratification stalled, this year we got we had to have yet 38 states, and this year we got the last three. So now we have all those states that have ratified the Equal Rights Amendment, and now it's just up to Congress to push it forward. But you know they're not going to do it without a lot of um, input from community and a lot of community pressure. See, that's what I don't understand, why it's so complicated to just put that in. I mean, it, it, it makes so much sense, and yet what, what is the struggle, you know? And also when you, when you start looking like it's, it's some 43 years have gone by since the Women's History Project. I mean, look at what you have accomplished over this. And it's 103 years since we got the vote, and over 100 years, you know, when you say that, you know, here it was in what, in 1973 that they tried to get it on the, on the, on the, in the Constitution then what, what do you believe make what makes it such a struggle i mean like you know like it, it, it's i know even as you talk it's like it, i feel like we're scratching our head like what is going on here i mean what do you think is the core well, of it as as we learned uh, to, to that webinar that every single um, amendment to the constitution has faced opposition for one reason or another and i think that we faced opposition because it was about women and I think that that generation of men who, unfortunately, are still in the U.S. Congress, but um, no, d- don't have a sense of who women are. I think that young men today, and um, just a ton of men that are not of that generation, really get it. They really even they even use the word misogyny 
and patriarchy. They really understand that this, the cards have been stacked against us, and they don't want to be part of that oppression at all. But I don't know what it takes to – I mean, come on. You know the stupidity of the U.S. Senate, of this this senator holding up all of the um, – all of the the, the military um, folks because he he opposes um, abortion. I mean, their their sense of privilege, their sense of it doesn't matter how it affects other people. We're just going to hold on to our own cultural values. If if you want to call them cultural values, I really think that it's probably money behind everything they do. And I know that it's power. Um, absolutely, they they need to stay in power and. They're not really good at sharing it. And, you know, that whole thing about absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well, have we seen it in the last four years? I mean, could we ever have believed that we would live, were living in a country where people no longer um, respected the Constitution? I mean, I, it's, it's mind-boggling. So, so that's, that's, that's the opposition we face. And either we need to replace them. Um, you know, through through elections, or we need to convince them through through action. But um, whatever it is, we need to move forward. I, I sure don't want to die without the Equal Rights Amendment having been passed. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that. One of the things that really puts my hair and my arms to stand on edge is when I see women who are not for it, when I see women who mm-hmm. oppose it, or I see women who are opposing the right to choose, or I see women that are, mm-hmm. are supporting some of this, some of this horrible stuff that's coming across the air with, you know, accusations and name calling. And I mean, to me, I, I ask myself, why, why would anybody support somebody that would be calling people names and making up nicknames? I mean, that's so childish to me that it, it just, it's mind boggling. How do you feel about that? I know. That? Well, why would any woman or any- Anybody vote for a man who bragged about, you know, that he could get away with sexual assault because, you know, celebrities get to do that. I mean, that was before he was elected even president. At that point in time, I thought, we really need to have a cultural conversation. And remember how many women opposed women's suffrage. They thought it was, again, going to turn women into men. They they thought it was going to destroy their families um, and, and how they lived. They were afraid, of, terrified of change. And we still see that with the women who oppose the Equal Rights Amendment or oppose um, women who oppose a woman's right to choose. Many of them have deep religious convictions. I know I have a lot of women in my family who have deep religious convictions against abortion. But they would, as Americans, they would never think that it was their right to tell other women what their choices should be. And and that's what I wish we could keep coming back to. Yes, I respect your right to have your opinion and, and to believe it with all your heart. But I don't think that you have the right to ever tell me the choices I need to make because I'm an American. And this culture is supposed to be based on free choice and free expression of, of who we are. But I think it has to do with fear. I think for women it has to do with fear, and I think for men it has to do with power. But again, those are general generalizations. I I, I don't know. I do try and engage people whenever I can um, in a whole new way. I used to try and tell people. I used to tell people what they should think. You know, me who just said you shouldn't tell anybody what to think. <laughs> but I used I used to be you know self righteous. Well, I also used to be young. It comes with that. And now the older I get, the more I listen. And the older I get, the more I ask questions. You know, instead of telling someone they just said something that was either sexist or racist or homophobic, I ask them what they meant by that. 
And that's what I think we have to do. I think we really need to engage people who have very different opinions than we have. And And it's the only way we're going to have a dialogue. And also remind them how hard it's been to even got where we got. So, Molly. Well, I think that you need to ask them if they know that. You know, most people don't know that. They don't know anything about the the incredible struggle or that women were forced bed and tortured. They they don't have any sense of that history at all. When Iron Jaw Angels came out, people were just aghast. They couldn't believe it. Well, that only touched on it. I mean, those women, several of them were disabled for the rest of their life because they'd been forced bed for, what, a month? When they came out of those, those um, jails, they couldn't even walk. I mean, that's how much they believed in women should have the right to vote. That was the determination. That was their passion. And we don't hardly even recognize or celebrate it because we don't know about it. But also... We celebrate our other heroes. You know, we know about um, some of the courageous things that people have done throughout history. But do we know about the suffragists and how courageous they were and how brutal their their uh, guards were. No, we we don't know that part. And uh, there's this whole new thing that we're only going to talk about the ni- nice parts of, of American history. Well, my God, if we're only going to talk about the nice parts of American history, we deny ourselves the complexity of our experience. And we certainly don't know how to move forward if we're only going to live with lies. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because when you start thinking about it, when you start thinking about it, I mean, what... A democracy means everybody has to vote. Why did we have to go through so much, so many issues just to get the vote? Well, Molly, do you mind? We're going to take a little musical break. If, and if okay. we can come back and finish this conversation, is that okay with you? I'll be here, honey. Sure. No problem. <laughs> well, one of my favorite songs, I mean, I can't help it. I love Earth Mama. In fact, uh, we're, we're going to be having the uh, webinar tonight, uh, speaking with uh, Zykeia uh, Thomas, and uh, rumor has it that Earth Mama might just show up. And she, oh. she wrote this song called You've Come a Long Way, Ladies. And I think when I listen to you, I'm the same way. I don't tell people anymore. I mean, what made you think about that? I mean, or try to turn them on to history or try to, try to encourage them to look at things a little bit different and try to inspire that so let's go ahead and let's go ahead and play ken uh, you've come a long way later sung by earth mama and when we return we will continue our conversation with molly murphy mcgregor one of the founders of the national women's history project now called the national women's history alliance Sometimes the hand that rocks the cradle Has got to rock the boat It's a line that I remember From the diary Grandma wrote As she rode the train to Washington To stand and speak her mind She made some waves that brought a change And made a marking We've come a long way, ladies, and we still got a ways to go. Once more those waves. 
change her movement from sea to shining sea. Women and men are talking with a new honesty about freedom and choices and how no one has to lose. The doors to the club are opening. God knows we've paid our dues. We've come a long, long way, ladies. From no boat and high button shoes to the capital steps and the evening news. From women's wrongs to women's rights, it's a book. Rocky Road We've come a long way, ladies And we've still got a ways to go We've come a long way, ladies No road and high-button shoes To the capital steps that me Wrongs to women's rights It's a rough and rocky road We've come a long way, ladies And we've still got a ways to go Yes, we've come a long way, ladies, but <laughs> we're losing ground and we've got a long way to go. You know, as that song was playing, it reminded me of a story about myself. I was in high school. I was about, I think I was in the 11th grade and I wore a turtleneck to school and I wore uh, gold earrings and red lipsticks and a black turtleneck and pedal Ooh, pusher. Honey, you were hot. And, pe- and I got I got suspended for a whole week and my mother calls up the school and says, well, you suspended my daughter for a whole week. She's very happy. She doesn't have to go to school. But you know, when I look at the women, when I would when, go downtown, say on 4th Street, and I see these beautiful young women with all these tattoos, I would go up to them and say, you know something? You, you, know, you have all these tattoos. That's because you have right to choose for your own body. They come along and they tell you you don't have a right to choose. You will not be able to do that because I remember when I was suspended for just wearing gold earrings and red lipstick. I mean, come on, give me a break. So it's very, very important that we remember our history. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your opinionated host, Elaine B. <laughs> With me on the phone is one of my favorite, favorite people in the whole world, Molly Murphy McGregor, one of the co-founders of the Women's History Project, which is now known as the National Women's History Alliance. Well, welcome back, Molly. What do you think of that song? You know, I just, I love Earth Mom. I mean, she's just one of my favorite, favorite singers when it comes to these women's issues. What do you think of that particular oh, song? I love it. I, I love it from the Capitol steps. I just think this is so clever. The rhyming is so clever. The harmony is so tight. It's it's just such an affirmation. And, you know, we have come a long way. That's one of the things we should never, we should never um, underestimate how, how, how different the world is today. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a long way to go. I'm really happy to see that we have, um, uh, you know, we always talked about being international and the suffrage movement tried to be international, but somehow, somehow happened that 
I think we became very parochial in terms of U.S. Senate. But certainly the National Women's History Project, um, our focus has always been women in U.S. history because that's what we know, and you can only promote and teach what you know. But I've seen um, so many young women and young women's movement branch out to, to include so much of the women of the world. And um, it just, I think, again, the, the strength we draw from being connected to women internationally just, it's just immeasurable. So I, I, we have a long way to go, and we certainly have a long way to go in terms of um, encouraging the kind of freedoms we have for other, other women in the world. Well, and also, also one of the things that I'm really becoming more and more aware of, I can't believe about two weeks ago, I actually interviewed a young woman who wasn't even 16 years old, who already mm. worked on a campaign to help. Uh-huh. Last week. Last week. It was last week that we interviewed her. She wasn't even 16 years old. She's already worked and helped on a successful campaign. And I couldn't believe how articulate she was. And I was thinking to myself, when I was, when I was that age, I was just worried about my hairdo, you know, and if I was going to have a boyfriend, if he had a car yeah. or not, you know. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. it's it's a whole it's a whole different generation. Well, I want to go just back a little bit, just just a little bit back, because you know, in in August, in uh, in March, we celebrate uh, National Women's History Month. You know, which is uh, which is a uh-huh. which grew, grew out of the National History Women's Project. I mean, the work that was done was just amazing. But you know, your your theme was celebrating women who tell our stories, and I thought we would. Just just address that. We're coming very quickly to the end of the segment, but to, to encourage women, why do you believe it's important for, for uh, I know, I know for women's spaces, women's spaces is dedicated to ordinary women doing extraordinary things, trying to get the story out, trying to get out what they're doing to encourage other women to, to do the same thing. So tell me, what, why do you feel it's important, especially in today's world, that we really get together and start telling our story? Well, because invisibility is the number one form of bias. And the reason it's the number one form of bias is because people are stuck with stereotypes or preconceived ideas or a whole, a whole bunch of stuff that keeps us separated from each other, you know, keeps us boxed into these different categories. And when people tell our stories, our real stories, the authentic stories of our life, it just opens up the possibility for limitless connections. I mean, I, I've had so many experiences with this I, uh, when in, in doing our women's places in the curriculum, um, uh, women's history training. We do an activity called a cultural quilt activity, and people pair off, and they design a quilt that in some ways um, exemplifies their cultural background. And to see black and white women share these stories and know that they have so much more connection than they ever have separation. Separation is just color. Who cares? But um, that's why it's so important to tell our stories. People don't know. They really don't know um, the stories of so-called common women. You know, I'm a common woman. There's a whole bunch just like me. They don't know those stories. And if they did know those stories, if they knew what women go through to to have children, to... Um, keep families together, to, to try and work and sustain their, their sense of self at the same time, um, to deal with sexual harassment and the other crap that comes our way, uh, I think that it just in, informs and inspires folks to know that their story is also important. It might be different. It might be different from the stories they hear, but my guess is, and this has always played out for me, that there's some point of connection 
as you st- as you start to really tell your story. And people are always amazed by that. They're like, oh, I didn't know you were like that. Because, you know, we only have the images of each other we have. Well, but let's when tell, you get let, to hear our stories, it's so different. Let's tell your story. We've come to the end of the segment, Molly. And any last uh-huh. words and your, your website and anything anything you would like to share that you would like to share with our audience, particularly with well, Women's Equality Day coming up? Yeah. Please come and visit our website. It's just uh, replete with um, ideas and resources and stuff like that. So look under resources. You can go down. There's a section that says women throughout the year. Click on that, and you'll, it'll take you to Women's Equality Day and all of the videos and things that are available. So um, don't don't hesitate to contact me. As, as uh, Elaine said, it's N is in National, W is in Women. H is in history, P is in project, 1980 at Gmail. And the reason I have that email is because we founded the National Women's History Project in 1980. So I want to thank Elaine for, for having women's voices be present because um, it's, it's so important. We need to know each other and, um, and respect and honor each other's process. So I guess that's, that's all I would like to say. Don't hesitate to contact me. Um, I'm so glad you'll be celebrating Women's Equality Day on Saturday. Um, we're going to celebrate it on Sunday, too, but that's a whole other story. So, anyway, thanks, thanks, Elaine. Uh, thank you so much, Molly Murphy McGregor. It's been a joy, as always, to have you. Well, that's it for our show, folks. A special thank you to Molly Murphy McGregor, co-founder of the National Women's History Alliance, and a wonderful person for all she's done to get women's history out in the open. And remember, our children are the future. We must never lose sight of that. And one thing, too, is when you look at women in war zones, I mean, it's the women who have to rebuild the countries. I mean, when Germany was bombed during World War, after World War II, it was just devastated. It was the women who were picking up brick by brick by brick to help build the communities again, to help make it a safe place again for children. It's just amazing. Well, this is Elaine B. Holt. You've been listening to Women's Spaces, and I really appreciate you being here. Please tune in tonight uh, to the webinar that the National Organization for Women, Sonoma County Chapter. If you go to womenspaces.com or nowsonoma.org, you can find out all the information on how to get to the webinar, how to get to the Zoom. It's very important that we come out and we listen to Zakai Thomas. I mean, she's just a wonderful speaker, and she has so much, so much information. And one of the beautiful things that uh, that Molly said about women getting together and talking to each other, you know, and knowing, you know, I always say, the first thing I always say when people ask, well, who are you, Elaine? I say, I am a woman first. I am woman, hear me roar, with numbers too big to, to ignore. And I also give birth to the future, and we must never look, we must never lose sight of that. This is Elaine Behold. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. If not a woman in your life, she's someone to pursue. She's patient and she's waiting, and she'll take you home now. The woman in your life, she can wait so
previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, August 21st, 2023. 